Welcome back to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast. By me, Pat Runners. For me, Pat Runners. I'm Anthony. And I'm Thane. And this is the second of a two-part episode covering James's running of the Bob Graham Round. So, just to recap where we are in this two-part Bob Graham round special, James is on leg three of five and Anthony is one of the support runners on this leg and they are just making their way from Scarfell Pike to Scarfell with three very different route options ahead. Um, so you decided to take go up Lord's Rake rather than doing Broad Stand? Broad Stand, yeah. And that was the only time in the whole bit when I was running with you that I started to go, ooh, he, he looks like he's struggling. Yeah, and then and then I spoke to you later. You said that you'd had some. In fact, let's, let's, I'll play a little bit of me when we're coming off Scarfell Lake, coming down to Wasdale, where I mention it, and then a little bit of you as we're coming into Wasdale, um, mm. saying the same thing. So we have done the last ascent. Go Phil, and we're now heading down to Wasdale. James is doing really well. Yeah, clearly had a tough time up Lord's Rake as we came up there. Tired legs, people blaming But uh, it's looking strong now. And uh, part of the fact I just fell down, which really hurt my ass. Um, everything's been good. After that first bit up the hill, I really struggled to keep up. Up still fell. But since then, I've been alright. I mean, I've been definitely probably the weakest member of the group that's supporting James. But I've been able to keep up, and that's good. Right, let's go straight and run it down here before I fall flat on my face. So we are on the final run down into Wasdale. Uh, they would take over from me, thank goodness, because my legs are a little bit tired, a little bit blistered, but the more important thing is, James is looking really strong, still, he's had a really good leg, what he most wants is noodles and a cup of tea, tells me, right? And Coke. And Coke? Yeah. I just a general sort out. How did you find that? Uh, tough. Yeah. You know, I hadn't done legs one and two, had I, so. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I am. I was a bit like going up Law's Rake. It was a bit that felt like really hard. Yeah, going up there. Yeah, and actually coming down that scree slope was a bit of fun. Yeah, everything a little bit. Good. I think now just to sort of hit stop, sort my shit out, consolidate, consolidate everything, take some time, and then. Head up that big bugger there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite steep. Is that you, Barrow? You, Barrow, yeah. Yeah. It's just like an absolute monster, Yeah, it does. No, all good. I like. I think leg three, you sort of feel like you've broken the back of it. But you have. A little bit, you mm-hmm. know. You know, put it this way. The next two legs yeah. will only take you as long as that took you. Yeah. And I think once leg four's out of the way, like, once you get onto leg five, it's like... Leg five feels like the homeward run. Yeah. 
in a way. Got some food, right? Yeah. <laughs> So look, there's um, a little bit of me coming down uh, from Scarfell at the end and then you going into Wasdale. Um, I mentioned Lord's Rake and you mentioned Lord's Rake. I, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, for those who haven't seen it or done it, it's it feels like it's a 50% slope of loose rock that, and it seems to be one pace up, almost two pace down. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Tom that we were going with I think has some kind of mythical powers because every time, because he literally didn't dislodge one stone on the way up, and for the rest of us, there were just right. stones going it was just everywhere. Like the clip out of Lord of the Rings, honestly, when, was, when the elves are walking on top of the snow, it, it was it? almost yes. like he was glowing, almost just like <laughs> hovering above it. Very bizarre. Yeah, there was quite a lot. Lord's Break was a proper low, actually, because I think for about an hour or so before that, the weather had set in and yeah. it got quite windy and quite rainy. I think I started to get quite cold by that, and I was still wearing my shorts, obviously. Um, but I was just I was just sort of soaked through by that point. And I'd been up Lord's Rake before with um, a couple of guys, and we'd, we'd done that whole thing. And it's it's quite good fun on fresh legs, but, you know, I mean, you went up it, it's, it's like this weird kind of, like, horrible gully with sort of a mix of scree and big boulders that can fall down to the people coming behind you. And I think, it, I think that happened a couple of times. Yeah. And I think Matt, who was navving on, I think we were going to go um, complete the whole of Lord's Rake, but I think Matt, who was navving, I'm not sure what changed his mind, but he went up the West Wall Traverse, which once you do the first climb in Lord's Rake, there's like a left turn, which goes up like a scramble. Yeah. And I'm not actually sure why he changed that. I'm not sure what the difference is in terms of elevation or distance. So we'd done the first climb on Lord's Rake past that huge boulder that had fallen over years ago and gone up this West Wall Traverse. It was so slippy. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, that was super slippy. And I was struggling up there, and the guys were just, like, the, the three guys were just sat at the top on the rock, just casually kind of, like, waiting for me. Um, but I had a super, super low there, yeah. Yeah, I, I, for me, I, I, in my head, it wasn't even walking or it was climbing. Yeah, pretty much. I was yeah. using my hands as much as I was my feet yeah, um, yeah. to pull myself up there. And in fact, I, I found that bit almost maybe one of the easier bits be- just because I used my hands a lot, pulled myself up, and yeah. um, and, and you, you'd slowed down a bit, and, and that enabled me to sort of get, consolidate a bit. But mm. yeah, so, but it was this, you could almost tell it was as we got off the top of there and we got to Scarfell, yeah. you, you all of a sudden just went bing! yeah that's it it's done you know that's the last and someone yeah. said that's it that's the last peak yeah um and all of a sudden the, the spring seemed to come back into your step again yeah i was happy to be out of lord's rake i sort of described lord's rake to someone at the end there's a film called the land before time i don't know if you've ever seen it and um there's a bit in the land before time where the horse has to go through this like cloudy bog of mud it's like a really depressing place in the film and the horse sinks, and this superhero guy loses the horse and sinks into the mud. And that popped into my head when I was going up Lord <laughs> Greg's. Like, this is a real sad place. You know, like, I don't know why I thought of the land before. I don't think it's called the land before time. But it, I, I don't think, think it is, no. It's something it's like, like the land the time forgot or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. No, the never-ending story. Oh, uh, right. That's yeah, what yeah. The Land Before Time is the dinosaurs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, so the never-ending story, yeah. And... <laughs> where the horse sinks into the mud and it felt a bit like that going up lord's rake i well, i didn't feel negative i just felt tired yeah um, and i could feel my heart beating out of my chest going up yeah. there and it was just because there's, yeah. there's a lot of focus on scarfell because it's one of the major 
peaks but also you've got those different decisions about the route yeah. to take to get up there and whether you're going to do broadstand or or the rake or west wall etc yeah and then the top of it is notoriously rocky and just you know yeah bit uneasy yeah but then you've got the up i guess of if once you've done it then it's downhill it's the last peak as you say at leg three so then you're coming down yeah so maybe i don't know it's a mixture of things because there, there is a focus around that particular peak isn't there it? is when people talk about the world going before there was like i said what on leg three are you doing broad stand are you doing lord's rake are you doing fox's farm which one and i think john kelly had when he did his Bob Graham the day before me, he'd been up Fox's Tarn and apparently it was like just climbing up waterfalls basically. So mm. I think Lord's Rake was definitely the, the right way because Broadstand would have been, I mean, I'm not a climber, but um, I'm sure it would be fine in the dry, but no way yeah, in yeah. the wet. Yeah. Talking to Tom who knew what he was doing, he said, he said in, in trail shoes, that would have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's suicidal. I mean, a lot of people get into difficulty there. Yeah. Unless you, someone had put fixed ropes in for you, it would have been, yeah. Or you could yeah. who you're like, I've just free climbed it straight yeah. up without anything. Which is a mountain yeah. goat, isn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> so, and then as you said, there's that long run down into Wasdale. It took us about an hour, I think. Um, yeah, brilliant. That was, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sliding down that wonderful grass slope on our backside, literally two hundred meters of sliding, which I can just remember laughing and thinking, "This is this is just brilliant fun." No, that's uh, yeah. And then a, a a river falling effectively yeah. up to about our thighs. Yeah. Um, and then running down to Wasdale, where one of the most bizarre things, or uh, in, in my head, is we're running down there. Someone shouts, "Well done!" and we look across, and it's Jasmine Paris who's supporting her brother. Yeah. And we sort of did this. Every, all four of us did this sort of massive double take together. If, it, if they filmed it, it would have looked really funny. Um, yeah. But kind of. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but for me, that was like, "Well, it's Jasmine Paris." All of a sudden, you got this rush, and it's uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, that was amazing. When you come off Scarfell, you have to go down like a scree bed, and I absolutely love coming down that scree bed. You know, I was obviously feeling not great once I got to the stop of Scarfell, but coming down that scree bed is just so much fun. Like, it's amazing. I love it. So that really perked me up because I knew I'd enjoy that bit because I'd done it before. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, right, this is the bit that's going to kind of like perk me up. And once, because you can get down so quickly on the scree. Yes. Yeah. And it's really cushioned and it's really easy on your legs and it's just so much fun. So yeah, I really love that coming down there. And yeah, and then once we'd crossed... um that little back, which was running quite quickly, actually, Matt, I don't know why he said this, but Matt basically turned around and said to me, once he crossed the back, he was like, James, splash some water in your face. You know, you'll feel much better. So I don't know whether or not like he did that because I looked like crap or whether or not, like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ask. There were so many things I didn't ask him, but that made me feel really good. So it was little things like that, where he's like, splash your face with water, mate. It was like it was almost like look presentable. Come <laughs> yeah. like look at that mud on those on your legs. Good God! <laughs> Little things like that were were great actually, um, and it was actually quite nice to go through that water actually because it was just super cold and it refreshed your legs a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then seeing Jasmine Paris was was just yeah, just generally quite awesome because um, her brother was doing the rounds as well at the same time. So yeah, and I can only echo what you said earlier about doing other people's rounds. It was it's the best feeling I've had in a run in ages. And I, and I can't put my finger on why it was. Was it the feeling of camaraderie? Was it the feeling of it just, you know, you totally focused on this one aim and everyone trying to do it like a big team effort. I don't know what it was, mm. but as much agony as I was in for six hours, it, it was just brilliant the whole time. And I it, inwardly, even if outwardly I wasn't, I don't think I stopped smiling for, for six hours. It was eight. Yeah. And yeah. there's that bit of, I don't know, 
feeling you're part of something special even and especially it, it was almost better that it wasn't mine and you mm. you kind of alluded to that that you know that, that, that how you felt when you supported other people and i i really can't overemphasize or recommend enough to people going up and doing it even if they're not going to do a bog round round yeah just yeah. going to do it but the flip side is just you know you cannot underestimate just how tough it is yeah um, yeah uh, yeah really really not but i guess that's and that's why you train it and that's why you do it to get yourself better yeah I think I think generally a lot of people um, who support are yeah like you said are either imminently doing a Bob Graham or it's something that's going to happen within a year or so in my experience like Tom and Pete who are on leg three I think there's one of theirs is actually this weekend or next weekend or something Tom's is this weekend yeah you know and Matt from leg one and two I'm going up to support his round in in July and when I did it I knew I was going to do the Bob Graham so. It's like this weird win-win situation where you're going to support this person, but you're getting all the experience out of it, of running on each leg and getting experience of actually what it's like to do the Bob Graham without having to do all of the Bob Graham. Yes. Yeah. So support running is, just to be part of it, it's great. You just get so much out of it. <laughs> I think, because when you were doing your round, uh, as we understood it, there were four runners doing it clockwise and two runners doing it anti-clockwise. Oh, right, well, there, okay. With their support crews. That's what that's what someone told us. Who or, was, or as Richard called it, two of them doing it the wrong way. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think when Tom's doing it, because this weekend is the longest, well, it's, it's the solstice, isn't it? So it's, it's, right? yeah. yeah. So it's the most daylight hours. Apparently there's 21 rounds going on this Good weekend. Lord. Because wow, there's, a, yeah. there's a Facebook group, isn't there, where a lot of yeah. people hang out on when they're doing rounds because there's, like, you know, general news and, you know, what's going on and stuff. So apparently yeah. there's 20, 21 teams or runners with teams doing it this weekend. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, but, madness, isn't it? You'd only queued up on broad stand waiting to cl- go up that, do you? So. No. I think, I think it's one of the challenges with the Bob Graham when it, as it becomes more popular, this time of year especially, there's there's going to be more people setting off at similar times and certain support points are going to get more clogged up with vehicles and especially for places like Dunmail Rays, you know, that roadside. And that was really um, packed anyway. And there was only what, was packed two anyway. or three teams yeah. or whatever waiting. But, you know, I think, I think someone told me leg one and two, it's still only around the 30% mark of people who complete it. And I thought it was actually much higher than that. So there, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people doing it and attempting it, but I think the success rate is still quite low. So I think you're, yeah, yeah, you're, the odds are against you. I think. I guess that's the advantage of doing all the support running, isn't it? And investing the time yeah. in it. And and not, it's not only the physical training and the the navigation training. It's the fact that because you're making the commitment, you're making more commitment to yourself to do it. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. a kind of a you know you, a mental you, contract. Yeah, you, you yeah you you've invested so much time in it that when you're doing it, you're kind of going to take it seriously because you're you're going to yeah. you're going to cash that in. Uh, yeah. And the more yeah. you do, yeah. Well, I think if you're going to try and do it, you know, <laughs> you don't want to have to go back and do it again, do you? No, absolutely. We had a chat about someone who she'd gone six minutes over, yeah, was having to come back and do it, but she'd been under it for quite a lot of it, and so it's that bit of, as you said, staying focused, staying within it the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's just such a big thing, especially when you don't live there. Like it's just such a big thing to reorganise. Yeah, and the thought of having to reorganize it again and you don't want to let people down i think that was my other thought like i didn't want i wanted to make sure i did it because all these people had come out to support me and it cost a lot of time and money you know because it costs more to do it than your average race you know when you add when you add everything up like 
So you just want to do it right and you want to finish it because you don't want to bail like uh, like Wasdale and everybody, all right, see you later. Like I've had enough yeah. now, you just can't. No. You feel this mo- weird moral responsibility that you don't get in races because this responsibility that you have as this person doing the Bob Graham to everybody else who's helping you. and you, It's weird. You always think like the navigator and the support runner, you know, they feel the responsibility to you, but you feel this greater weight to everybody to do it yeah. because they've helped you. Mm. And they've invested their time and energy and money and holiday time or whatever to support you on your big day. So, yeah, it's um, – but there are a lot of rounds going on. Um, I think, yeah, it's getting super popular now. Yeah, because you had in, – in, in total, I don't know what the number of people was, but, you know, I know some people ran multiple legs, but there was still must have been, like, yeah. in total about 16, 17 people who, yeah. who ran a leg yeah. or part thereof. Yeah, I think it was around that, yeah. 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 I thought it worked quite well having people doing multiple legs. Um, I had been advised against that, but it actually, logistically, it makes it easier because there's less people to ferry around. And I knew that the people who were doing two legs, like I cleared that with them already, and I knew they were strong enough to do that and could keep a good pace over two legs. So, yeah, um, logistically a lot easier, yeah. yeah. I guess it gives you some continuity as well, so you're not having to ditch all runners and then have a complete new group of people. There's someone there's someone there who's yeah. kind of got that, yeah, okay, so he slowed down a bit, but we, we need to do this, or, you know, he's going... You know what I mean? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story being passed on. Yeah, um, yeah, and, absolutely, and yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. So we got to Wasdale, you got yourself sorted out, and, um, and then I... Thank goodness, finished because my 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 feet were killing me. Um, and I, <laughs> really? uh, and had, yeah, yeah, I, I lost all the skin on my big toes, like on the on the, wow. the fronts, on, the, on the bottoms of them. Yeah, so yeah, um, which was really interesting. It was just just the way I knew sock shoe combination didn't work. Um, but there you go. Right. Um, but then I handed over to um, Fane to try and go up to Ubarra, which and I'm not sure if Ubarra is the biggest climb in terms of uh, vert, but it's certainly bigger than Steel Fell. I think. Do you know what? I think it's crux. I think in my mind it was the crux. I think if I, I knew that if I'd got up U Barrow, then I was going to do it. I'm not sure whether or not U Barrow is the biggest client. I, I can't remember what it is actually, but I know it's, it's short and steep. It's consistent, isn't it? Yeah. And in hindsight, when I was training for this, I was doing a lot of short and steep. So a lot of the hills in Brecon, even though they're not super technical, they are short, steep, grassy long slogs and very similar to you barrow so i knew if i trained for that style of climbing that i could get up you barrow and once i got up you barrow i would kind of like not have it in the bag but i think psychologically getting up you barrow is quite a quite a positive yeah looking at the map here i think it's 1900 feet but it's right. it's just fairly sh- straight up and hard going yeah. at quite a steep angle all the way isn't it it's just a grind yeah yeah, yeah. I think it must be about what's because Wasdale is basically at sea level. Wasdale's yeah. about eighty meters, and then Barrows. I don't do it in feet, so yeah, okay, that's about six hundred meters of vert. So yeah, right, so two thousand and sixty feet. Um, yeah. Uh, so some of the climbs I've been doing in, in Brecon were very similar yeah. to that. Uh, you know, two you know six hundred meters within a couple of kilometers, for example. Yeah. Um, and that really helped. Yeah. Getting up that yeah. U Barrow. Yeah. So, so Anthony handed over to me, and the first thing um, he said to me was, "It's fast." Uh, we were going up um, steel, uh, fell. steel fell, and 
and I could barely stay with it and I almost dropped off the back and 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 I the first word the first thing that's propped into my mind was shit um because <laughs> and you know you know I I, I am the I am uh, almost in every race I do absolutely slap bang in the middle I'm a genuine mid-pack 50% runner yeah Anthony's faster he's normally about you know um coming in around top third kind of level right and I was thinking to myself yikes um this is gonna hurt not least because I am covering from injury in bits and pieces but anyway I thought we'll see how it goes but um I don't know how long you were spending at each at each stop have you looked back at the amount of time you stopped um not really no I I mean I, of course we'd planned in on the scheduled time so I think I had five minutes at Threl Kell I'd planned in 10 at Dunmel and I think I'd planned in 15 minutes in the schedule at, at Wasdale mm. and I think we probably used most of that um yeah and then five or ten at Honister. I reckon you were a little bit longer than that I don't know so it felt at, at Wasdale I don't know how long it was but um Anyway. Yeah, it felt long because I had to eat a lot and then I got changed. Yeah. So it just felt like the whole thing took a little bit of a while. So I think Phil, who was navigating on leg four, was itching to get off. Yeah, and, and they were do- you were doing your feet as well, weren't you? Because you had some changing your socks yeah. and stuff. Because you weren't yeah. wearing waterproof socks and you were kind of changing them fairly regularly, I think. Yeah, I changed my socks twice throughout the whole thing. So in Wasdale, I sat down on the chair. We bought this chair from my mountain warehouse because... I saw Nikki Spinks had a chair. I was just like, right, I need to get a chair because, you know, like I know at some point I'm going to want to sit in a chair. And that chair was brilliant. Like, so we used that in Wasdale. And I was just like, right, I need a full change of clothes. Like I need a new everything. So I put on these sort of winter tights, uh, this Innovate winter tights and a new top and a new waterproof jacket. I think I put a hat on as well. And whilst all that was going on, I think Gemma was cooking up noodles, or she yeah, cooked yeah. up noodles. Yeah, she was trying to cook noodles, but they, they couldn't. But the, the, the gas, the lighter ran out. We couldn't get the gas going, and all sorts. That's of stuff. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I ate quite a lot in Wasdale. I think I ate noodles and oh, God, I don't know now some jelly or something else. Like I was eating the most random combinations of food that you wouldn't normally put together. But it just took a bit of a while, and I remember Gemma saying at Wasdale that that it felt a bit overwhelming for her, like. I think people were helping, but she felt like, oh, my God, I've got to do quite a lot of things in a short space of time. So I have to sort the food out and then I need to get his clothes ready. And, and actually, everybody in, Was, when, in Wasdale, I remember everybody pitching in and like the other James was changing my socks and drying my feet and someone else was doing something else. And it was, yeah, proper team effort, actually. Yeah. Um, and what was apparent to me standing back um, a bit because it, it was, was how runners who had done the bob graham round successfully and i remember particularly james and and phil yeah were kind of knew that it was really important to get things sorted yeah and and they were kind of it was almost like the runners who had done it before and, and done a complete round were like right let's get on it let's we need to we need to sort this out let's get it going you know and really driving a lot of the stuff that was kind of um along with Gemma as well driving things that happened and um, because i think they, they knew that you know the reality yeah. is you've got to be in and out quick and, and you've got to help the runner yeah. to get through that yeah 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 and I, it's it's a bit of a crux was like i think a lot of people stop there mm. um so it's it's important to get in and out of there i think as quickly as you can yeah but i mean the point was at, at this point but you wouldn't necessarily know this but you were i think maybe uh 10 minutes under your 22 hour schedule so everything was going pretty well at that yeah. point and everyone knew that as well 
Um, yeah. And so there was that slack in the system that people could let you have, which they weren't going to tell you clearly, but it was about making sure you left there. I guess the point is you don't want to leave there also feeling, I haven't done everything I need to do. You want, you want to leave there in as positive a frame of mind as you can. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was really important to do the, the change of clothes in Wasdale. It made a big psychological difference to be in dry clothes, dry socks. And you've just got to use that time wisely to get yourself sorted because there's still a long way to go. Leg four is a slog and it's not long distance wise, but there is a lot of really tough climbs and really tough mountains to get up. And the weather wasn't great when mm. we were going up Hugh Barrow, um, like you remember. So I think sometimes you've just got to take the time to get yourself sorted. Like there's no point like rushing in and off of aid stations if you need to get yourself sorted because it's built into your schedule. Yeah. Bob Graham round clockwise leg four, 10.5 miles from Wasdale to Honister Pass. Run north, climbing 2,000 foot steeply up Ubarrow, continuing northwards up 1,100 foot to Red Pike, then Steeple. Then back on yourself slightly before heading eastwards up to Pilar, then down 1,100 foot and up 820 foot to Kirkvale, then down and up 860 foot to Great Gable, before heading north over Green Gable and Brendreth, dropping to Grey Knots then 1,080 foot to Honister Pass. Nine peaks over 10.5 miles, 5,800 foot total ascent, 4,850 foot total descent. So then off up Ubarrow. Yeah, so how was that going up Ubarrow then? Um, yeah, it was, it was quite a long slog. Phil, my navigator, she went off quite quickly. She absolutely shot off down the road and over the fence to go up Ubarrow. So she set quite a good pace, similar to the guys did on leg three. Yeah, and I just I just slogged up there and kind of got going and stuff. Yeah, but it was quite it was quite a tough climb. Yeah, hmm. a really tough climb up there. There wasn't much to see either because it was super cloudy up there. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this is the point where I put my hand up and say, <laughs> um, "You were going at a fair pace, uh, and um, uh, as you say, and and I couldn't keep up." Um, I, yeah. I was too was redlining. My I didn't have particularly good mountain legs at that time, and uh, yeah, the pace was really you know caning it, going quite strong. Yeah, and uh, and I was at the back of the the group. I let a couple, you know let you go past and stuff. I didn't want to slow you up. And then I think we hit the cloud line around one and a half thousand feet or so. I think you guys were just a bit ahead um, mm. of us. And then with the kind of fifty yards to hundred yard visibility, I lost touch of the back of the group really this is all that happened right so when i was got into the clouds approaching you barrow i could hear you at the top but couldn't see you um right and then and quite rightly i'd said to a couple of the guys look if i you know i'm not in top form at the moment uh, and so if i drop off the back do not stop and not that they would um you know yeah. and i'm glad i said that anyway so uh, nothing much i could do about it and then obviously i had to break out uh, my, my navigation and try and find my way along the route and stuff so yeah well, I was up at your barrow. Um, they're too fast for me. Um, so much for being able to support a mule for James. Fortunately, he's got a lot of good people with him. Um, just too fast going up the hill. All credit to these guys, they're super good. Um, just didn't quite have the pace to keep with them. Um, legs struggling just redlining a bit got up into the mist and that was it really so 
I've fallen off the back, but I warned them that that might happen, so uh, I can look after myself. So anyway, they've gone. I feel bad that I've got one of James's waters, but there's quite a lot in the group. So head down. Maybe I'll catch him up. I doubt it, though. Too good for me. So James, you're looking really good, mate. Really strong. Absolutely sure you're going to nail this. Um, sorry I couldn't be running alongside you but I'll definitely catch up with you at the end hopefully might miss my car at checkpoint four in which case maybe I won't even catch up with them but um, yeah right time for me to get my head down and get running now I'm at the top so yeah go guys go James yeah and I think if you were going to drop out that was the you know that was the time to do it and I know other James said that you know there was a very very brief conversation of do we send someone back for him no it's the first climb he can go back down we're going yeah and then just everyone went yeah yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's how it felt when you were up there but that seemed to be his impression when he I spoke to him at the end yeah I, I wasn't too worried because I knew you could you could just go back down into Wasdale and there was there's actually I don't know what route you actually went but there's a quick way out of Wasdale where you can cut up Great Gable mm. and I think and across and you can get down into Honest quite easily. I don't know which way you went. but So I, I basically carried on on the Bob Graham Round route. So um, I did, um, I met up with a guy called Harry who was doing a recce of, of legs um, three and four. Right. Um, kind of emerged through the cloud uh, and he only had a map and compass. He didn't have a GPS and he was he was struggling a little bit. So he said, do you mind if I stay with you? And I was like, absolutely fine. So, yeah. so we, we did Red Pike, we did Little Scope Fell and, and Black Crag and Pillar. Went down to Black, Black Sails Park pass yeah. yeah yeah and then he said look i'm getting a bit tired do you mind if we cut the corner and i was like oh actually i need to cut the corner otherwise i might get to honester and not get a lift so yeah <laughs> so we went down there into that kind of forgotten valley kind of thing and then up over haystacks oh right okay. uh, yeah. yeah so it just cut, cut out climb and cut out distance and just meant i was able to kind of you know get ahead of you really no i think it was a good it's a good shout yeah i knew you could sort of handle yourself so i'll be all right <laughs> we we weren't worried about good I'm, I'm so glad you didn't stop because I would have felt really bad. No, I, it's one of those difficult things with paces. I remember when I supported a guy on his Bob Graham um, last year, my, one of my legs on leg one got stuck in like a bog and it took me a few minutes to get it out of the bog and they didn't stop for me. <laughs> like, this was in like the middle of the night. They just kept going. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like I'm in a bog. And they were just like, yeah, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a bit ruthless yeah but, um, but i guess that's yeah. the same for the support runners isn't it you've got to be prepared that you know we well, i mean we discussed it um and you know we had we had gps's of the routes we had map and compass which we kind of passed between each other mm. because we knew that you know it might well happen you know not not being so familiar with the bob going around and the pace you'll be going at because you know you're doing yeah. you're doing a, a fairly good pace uh that it might happen so we were prepared and i guess most people are yeah, yeah. and i guess that's the point if you're going to be a support runner that's what you need to prepare for. You need to be prepared to look after yourself. Yeah. Um, but also not forget that you, you you might have some other else's kit on you. And so, yeah. you know, th- there was this the bit when I was going up, um, still fell, is, you know, well, I've got something that's coming. I can't give up. I've got to keep going. Yeah. And it's that bit of how much of the stuff do you try and wreck you on your own to make sure you can do it before you do the run. You know, I think naively, I thought, I've done quite a lot of hill work recently. I'm feeling in good shape you know he'll have run for eight hours i should be able to do this mm. um and it was a proper wake-up call as just how tough it is yeah absolutely. Um, yeah yeah i think it was it was like a in some ways a little test it's like can a genuine mid-pack runner keep up with the pace of a 22 hour bob graham round answer equals no <laughs> 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 yeah 
but but I you know but just to interject here I, I genuinely believe that the Bob Graham is achievable by someone who is a on a daily basis a mid-pack runner if they're willing to put the application and yes. time in yeah. over a year or maybe two years and focus themselves on that task because the, yeah. the bottom line was on leg three we didn't do a huge amount of running no we did some running and we certainly weren't run when we ran we weren't running hard yeah the difficult bits were the climbs and we weren't running those we were just walking them hard yeah and so if you've got that training in you you don't need to be able to run fast to do a bob graham but you need to have climbing no, it's climbing no. legs that for me was yeah, no. the lesson it's just about keeping going at a certain speed because like you said leg three is actually not huge amounts of running there are pockets of running which are great but um yeah I, and i think you sort of the cumulative fatigue that builds up mm, yeah. um, is, is a big challenge that you don't get you don't get that experience when you're out wrecking it yeah it's just not the same so it's something new that you get on the day yeah so how did leg four go then i mean it- I, I, I not having done only done a bit of leg three when we did our recce, but it's very much a small fraction. It's, it's rocky in places yeah. and stuff, and it's a bit slippy in places. Well, and I think just to add into that, so when you started leg four, the weather was properly honking. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah, it was really bad. And I remember Matt saying when we were coming down off leg the end of leg three, and he was like, "This weather is set in now." And I remember him saying that, and I was like, "Oh, geez, here we go." Because you want you, you want good weather, obviously. You want clear skies and. And nice conditions but nine times out of ten you just don't get it and yeah in all honesty i thought that right i'll get up you barrow and that'll be it and i'll be okay but i saw i've massively underestimated how hard leg four would be because i'd wreckied it before and on the wreckies i'd done on leg four went really well but i'd always done leg four in good weather on fresh legs and Mm. um yeah it was super hard like going up red pike and then yeah, just the whole thing was tough because we just had crap weather and I was tired and was being a bit more selective about things I wanted to eat. Like, I didn't want to eat everything. Yeah. And we saw Jasmine Paris again on leg four on the out and back that you have to do. And that was really cool. She was pacing her brother. And I just put out my hand and was like, high five, please. <sighs> but she gave me a high five, quite an enthusiastic high five with a big smile on her face on the out and back. I think it's the steeple. I can't remember now. And it's like the sort of out yeah, and back steeple. bit. Yeah, steeple, yeah. And I gave her brother a high five as well, and he wasn't so enthusiastic <laughs> about it. He was just like, uh, yeah. And she was just all so strong, like you like you wouldn't believe, you know. So that gave me a massive, it seems weird, but that sort of gave me a massive boost, actually, seeing well, her. Well, yeah, well, she's, yeah. Uh, she's the, um, the the female record holder in the Bob Graham round, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. And the High-fiving spine. you on the way round, <laughs> mid-round. How cool. Yeah, she's just amazing. Um but that was so cool. Yeah, that perked me up a bit. Yeah, same yeah. Bill said, by the time you got to Kirkfell, the, re- the weather really was wearing just a little bit thin. And I think, as you said, yeah. there were, you said afterwards, there were some real low moments, I guess, going up some of those, the big um, climbs on there. Yeah, um, yeah. But was there ever a point where you thought, this isn't going to happen? No, no, never. No, honestly, throughout the whole round, I, I didn't ever think that it wasn't going to happen. Um on leg four, I think, like I mentioned earlier, I had a little bit of a question mark around time. Mm. I was I was getting worried about twenty getting in in twenty four hours, which in hindsight was was a ridiculous question. I think I asked Phil at the time, and she was like, "You'll definitely get in under twenty four hours. Don't worry about it." Because I didn't know about time, I just stopped. I stopped caring even more about time. Yeah. I think at that point, I would have been happy with twenty three fifty eight. Yeah, you've given it all. In hindsight, that probably wouldn't have been enough, but it was just super hard. Like Kirk fell, Great Gable. Kirkfell was a proper low point, similar to Lord's Rake. 
and by that point I'd started hallucinating and seeing weird things that like, I've never been to that place before. Yeah, we'll get into some of that. I've got a great clip of at the end of you yeah. talking about some of that stuff. That was a new experience entirely. Because at the end, interestingly, you, you're, you're here in a minute. Um, you tell us all about the hallucinations, but then tell us they were real. Oh, they were real. So even at the end of the no, at the end of the race, they were real. They were real. <laughs> no, 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 they really weren't real. No, they weren't real. <laughs> I believe they were real to this day. <laughs> I definitely saw monks looking at me on Kirkfell. One hundred percent, they were there. <laughs> I, I'm sure they were there. I'm sure they were. Definitely that. Yeah. Um, definitely. So you did that and then got through that tough patch. And, and yeah, I don't know how you got through it. I know when we were running on the, on leg three, there was a bit of everyone saying, you, you've got, you've got to keep reminding him to eat. You've got to keep reminding him to drink. Just keep doing it, forcing him, almost forcing him to do it. And the longer it goes, the, the more you're going to have to force him to do it. And yeah, I, I guess with the guys doing that to you on leg four as well. Yeah. Yeah by that point I'd found these amazing things called salted peanuts <laughs> and basically my diet was salted peanuts and tailwind pretty much that was all I ate on leg four um, because that was going so well we just stuck to that yeah it was brilliant I, but I think once I'd got over Kirkfell and Great Gable and then there's a there's a small track that goes down to Green Gable there's like a coal there then no, actually the weather started to improve well Phil said that Green Gable it was good yeah then I was like, oh my God, I'm nearly in Honister. And like, once you're getting towards Honister, that's like, we're getting close now. After Gable, it was just really nice. It was a really nice run. Mm. I perked up quite a lot. And yeah, it just felt really good coming down into Honister. Um, yeah. But it was hard. Leg four was hard. Yeah. Properly underestimated that one. And do you think that's just the fact when you wreck it, you wreck it on fresh legs. And when you're running it, you've run three legs already? Yeah, I think so. Plus all the mental stuff. And the weather. And, and the monks can't have helped. <laughs> Sorry? The monks can't have helped. No. Well, I weirdly found that that didn't put me in a negative space. I started to really embrace that, actually. Like, it wasn't just the monks who, by the way, were there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I think you'll find if you're having those sort of hallucinations, it's a bad habit to get into. Right. Uh... I, honestly, I loved it. Like, it was just this weird place that, like, these things, like, meant to take you to places that you've never been. And that was one of them. I'd never been on my feet for that amount of time. And, every rock like they were there i'm telling you like every rock that you know the normal your normal day-to-day person would look at this rock and just see a rock but i would see a skull and like i would see a little bit of moss and i would see like a like a screaming face in the moss yeah or and just stuff like that and it that that kept going all on majority of leg four um but it disappeared on leg five yeah I think they're called illusions. Um, yeah. So that or mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see things that are real, boom, your brain takes a shortcut. Rather than trying to work out the detail of what you're looking at, it just kind of says, "Oh, it's it's a cat's face, it's or this, it's a monk, it's or it's a yeah. this." Then hallucinations for like when you're imagining stuff that just ain't there at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I think. But yeah. uh, but it's all it's all that degradation of the brain just running yeah. out of steam and taking shortcuts and just yeah making stuff up i mentioned to james about this because i was saying to them every time i saw one i was mentioning it to them and sort yeah. of laughing about it and like um tom who was still on leg four basically like cut in in front of me so that i was looking at his feet rather than the rocks so they were doing even things like that, <laughs> that my word you had it bad like, avoid me looking at these incredible things that i was seeing um, <laughs> But it was just madness. Like, but that, 
it, it's stuff that's there, but like you said, it's stuff that's there, but your brain is seeing it differently to what everyone else yeah. sees it. As. Yes. Yeah. It's just um it is a weird thing. So strange, yeah. It's good. Interesting though. Mm. <laughs> so in Hollister, I don't know how long you stayed there and and how I guess at that point you turned the corner metaphorically. Yeah, massively, yeah. I don't know. We were maybe ten minutes there. Yeah, it I wasn't, can't remember. Yeah, I think you were you were quicker out of that one. You um, must have changed back into shorts again. Yeah. Yes. Well, I was always wearing my shorts. I was just at Wasdale. I put these trousers over the shorts ah. because I had my shorts off. So I changed back into what I started in, and I had a couple of cups of tea and some jelly at Wasdale, and uh, I think I had a banana as well, and just some really good chat and stuff, and that was really good and Basil the dog he was falling asleep standing up in the back of the car and I was just like sat next to him and we was just looking at him like what is he like but he'd had a hard day as well <laughs> he spent the whole day asleep in the car and slept in the car but that was great and everybody was in really good spirits in Honister and I'd, I always remember leg five as a bit of a party leg Bob Graham round clockwise leg five 10.7 miles from Honister Pass back to Keswick Head north 1,240 foot up Dale Head, then northwest down and up to Hinscarf, followed by the final peak, Robinson. Then head northeast, descending 2,000 foot to Littletown, before the final four mile country lane section to Keswick to finish back at the Moot Hall, hopefully in under 24 hours. Three peaks, over 10.7 miles, 2,400 foot total ascent, 3,300 foot total descent. Like, I know it's still hard, but I remember when I supported Roger on his, it was just a really good leg. Like, everybody was there. You sort of, you know, you've sort of got it in the bag. Yeah. So you, you can relax a lot on leg five. And leg five, I really picked up the pace. Uh, other James and Phil uh, said to us afterwards, they weren't sure they actually needed to be there apart from to witness the peaks. You were naving it. You were running it. You were thrashing them. They were have, struggling to keep up with you. So Yeah, um, yeah. Like, we were even running a lot of the climbs on leg five. Like... I'd taken off, like, literally, by that point, I was just in my shorts and my T-shirt. And the, the other good thing, the weather had improved massively in the afternoon, and it felt like a really nice sort of late springtime day. Yeah. It was amazing. And we were absolutely caning it on the hills and on the downhills. We were running super fast. Yeah, and then when you get off Robinson, you sort of come down a little ridge onto, like, this flat path yeah. that, um, that comes in between the valley. And it's super runnable. And then you hit the road. And we saw Jasmine again just before the road starts. And she was like cheering for you. And yeah, so it was just great. And then we hit the road and we were just like, yeah, let's just do this. Like it was just a lovely run in a leg five. Yeah. Because everything has come together. Yeah. And we've got a clip here of um, you finally coming into Keswick um, to the applause of the many people stood in the middle mm. of town, as you said, slightly puzzled about why a lot of people were clapping, yeah. stood by the moot hall. Is this it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well done, James! Well done, James! Woo! Well done, mate! Get up those stairs. <laughs> Amazing effort, man. Yes, well done. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you want one of the seven pork pies I've been carrying around? 
Thank you very much. Thank you so much, buddy. Amazing. Thank you. 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 Oh, wow, screw top. I knew that a whole a big bottle would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay st stand by, drink, and then vomit. Instantly drunk. Yeah, isn't it? 49. How do you feel? I don't know, really. It's weird, isn't it? It's not like no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> no emotion. Not the energy for emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it in two days' time. <laughs> you guys flew up that last leg. I wasn't hungry you, ten minutes yeah. ago. But We've got about 400 clear charge bars in the car yeah. if you can't see those. <laughs> <laughs> I think you over-ordered. Yeah, but You're using them. I'll just eat them <laughs> some other yeah. time. You know. <laughs> I don't really know if he wants any. I don't even want to right. look at my feet. Well, <laughs> I don't want to look at my feet. The nails are... You know, the nails are... Oh yeah, I've got no ankles, have I? No, I've got... I don't know. So I asked you when we were running round whether, whether you were enjoying it and you said yes. Did, did I? You, did you enjoy the rest of it? Yeah. Yeah, good. I had some... Um, yeah. Negative... Not negative, but down moments on four going up Kirkfeld. Because it was just minging, wasn't it? Yeah. Just horrible, raining and slippery on the rock, and seeing faces and stones. And oh, really? Yeah, nice. <laughs> they were actually there, though. Of course, they were. But it, like, <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, it's just weird stuff. So I'd stare at the back of Tom's feet to just like try and take my like. Were there faces there? <laughs> no, there were no faces on his feet. Like, uh, probably plenty of feces. So. <laughs> <laughs> there was lots. Have you got anything to put on? Get cold really quick. Yeah. So yeah. you might want to get That's yours, isn't it? Sorry. That's his scratch. Is that his? Yeah, it's probably soaking wet. Well, they're nothing, though, isn't it? Like just anything, because you'll get cold. Oh, we passed him. We passed him on Dale, just after Dale Heads. I think he's about half an hour. We saw Jasmine at New Little Town, yeah saw her there and then we didn't her car didn't go past us all the way on the road so I, I'd say it's at least half an hour I don't know I think his legs were wrecked but no it's been good yeah it's been his last leg it's been yeah leg five was just like I think it after your head had dropped on four yeah yeah when you realised because five's so runnable yeah and you can make some, you can just make up yeah. some good time, can't yeah, you? Yeah. Five. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just can't even remember last night. <laughs> it just feels like a totally different world. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. feel like like the same part, the same run. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been awesome. And the whole like the whole team is just like unbelievable, isn't it? 
it's just, it was quite fun. Like, it's amazing. Like, I remember when I supported, like, like how I felt, like, just being involved in the whole thing. Like, I, I, as, as much as bits of it hurt, yeah. I, I, I to, to Tom, I, absolutely, from the second we started the second we finished, I was just having a brilliant time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's just been like, it's just been great. And you can't do it without everybody, you know, like. Have a big sleep. <laughs> yeah. Gemma was asking whether, whether, whether I thought you'd be in a fit state to drive home tomorrow. <laughs> I said, well, it is automatic with cruise control. I said, it's really interesting to sit there. I said, why don't you just let Basil drive? She went, yeah. what? I might sleep in the back with Basil. I said, I said, can you imagine? I, said I just had this image of the dog sat in the front with his head out the window. Yeah. He was so tired, honestly. He was just like falling asleep in the car like that. It's like you've just been sleeping the whole day. <laughs> he's old, though. Like, he's like a... 75-year-old man yeah I like him he's like funny he's sat, yeah. just, sat he just hates other dogs though <laughs> like he just hates them <laughs> but yeah. awesome. oh. so glad you managed to speak because you put real down on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> there's enough of down on the podcast and honestly it makes you feel better by the way when Fane's been saying that we need to do more banter on the podcast, right? So when you got out of the car here, uh, in the car park, as you did, as we walked off, I went, you know you said we could do more banter on the podcast, you went, news it because you did one slide. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's a bit harsh. I'm like, no, it's not. It's completely fair. Loser. We're yeah. really faster. Three minutes. That was... Like three minutes Ouch. off the schedule. Oh, no, no. Just on you. On, oh, just on you, Barry. Just on you, Barry. But then, yeah. It'd been up and down. These days. I guess you don't know, do you? Like how? No. No. Changed, so. No. There was, a, there was a bit this morning where, when we were running around. I said, "Why are we? Because it's twenty-eight minutes ahead." Yeah. Like, wow. That'd yeah. Be cool. Hey, look. Oh, puppy. It's Daddy. It's Daddy. Oh, I don't care. He said. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as he's, he's done something important, he's, he's ignoring me all day. I, I turn my back on you. Yeah, yeah. You've run in the car park, then just run out. What do you do now when you finish? Go, go and have a shower. Yeah. Honestly, because you stink. In the nicest possible way. I probably want to probably catch up with you in a bit as well. As well. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Should I go and order it? The greasiest burger ever. <laughs> Or a burger? Yeah, I'll just eat it. Burger yeah. and chips? Yeah. Oh, they're six, six. I don't want this thing. You must be so proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, in a, in a, you know, what are you waiting to think until? I sort of don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like no emotion, yeah. isn't it? But you have, you've had a good day then. I've had a great day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long old day, isn't it? <laughs> it's interesting though. I mean, just we had lots of interesting weather. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be lovely if the weather was nice and you Because I said to Thane, I was just running along going, you know, I'm, I'm speaking you, kind of doing the first thing, you want to kind of learn a bit of the route and everything else. And it's just head down, it's just foggy. You, you can't really learn where you're going. Yeah. You can't even tell if you're left or right in because no. you're just following people. And it's tough to see where you're going half the time. But, yeah. the guys on that were amazing. Like, oh, just sort of like, you're, you're essentially like a passenger, aren't you? Like, yeah, yeah, just, you just can't just do it without them. Like, no. It'd be so hard by the end. You yeah. know, by the end, if you're trying to nab that yourself. What got me is he never got a map out. Or I never saw him get a no. map out. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just know what. Um, they just know what the deal is, don't they? So look, there's you um, finishing, and the bit that stands with me is me saying to you, "You must be really proud," and you saying, "Yes," but actually, you've got no emotion left. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. I guess you've said the point. It's a full-on day, and you put a lot into it. Yeah. I didn't really feel anything at the end, to be honest. Like, it was really great to run down the street in Keswick up to the Moot Hall with everybody there, because I'd been thinking about that, obviously, for a long time, to get there and do that, and then touch the touch the door and climb the steps and the whole thing. But I didn't feel anything, like, because I think sometimes you think, oh, am I going to cry? Like, how am I going to feel? And I felt like nothing like it was weird like and i felt like that on some races before like even races that i've done really well in like i look i I sort of felt like i looked really unappreciative about the thing that i just done but like i just didn't really know what to think there Um, was a bit when you when you you touched the door at the bottom and you went up the steps to touch the doors at the top and it almost looked like you were you know it looked like you were praying and that's i'm not saying you were praying but you sort of put your head on your hands on holding onto the door and yeah and i wonder whether you were just trying to compose yourself before you turned back around and looked at it whether that was was your moment of deep breath deep breath don't cry um or whatever yeah yeah i remember that god there's also a picture of me doing that somewhere floating about yeah, which which was great. I remember watching a, a video on YouTube about a guy who's done the frog grain round, which is where you do the you do some peaks and you swim in between some of the lakes. Yeah. And he said um, at the end, once you touch the door, it's like, well, what now? Like, and like I I sort of had the exact same feeling in a way around like, wow, all that effort and organization and whole thing that you you do for however long your build up is, mm. it's done. Yeah, you know, as soon as it's done, it's done. And like, where do I go now? Like. Yeah. Do we go home or like should we go for a pint? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it that the emotion came out when you knew it was kind of in the bag? Was was it on the way down from the last peak that actually you had that kind yeah. of euphoric? I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you'd kind of because I kind of find that I kind of have the emotional bits an hour before the actual finish. Yeah. And did yeah. you think did you think there was that that experience is where you realised it and then it was just a formality? Yeah, potentially. And like we'd had a really like between me, Phil and James on leg five, we'd obviously had a really good run on leg five and we'd had a lot of really nice conversations and a lot of, um, you know, reflective conversations about the whole thing um, Mm. and sharing a lot of stories about their rounds and stuff. So I think to a certain extent, yeah, like it was such a high leg five and then you're done. Yeah. And it's like, okay like i'm done like this whole experience is a year it's different to finishing a race in a way i think it's yeah it's massively different the feeling um because of course there's no medal like there's no finishing like nothing like and you don't do it for that Mm. but yeah it's it's sort of a weird it's a weird experience after where you feel emotionless Yeah. yeah And there's so much effort that people have put into it, as you say, that in a race, normally you're going and you might have one person coming to with you, but you've got all these other people as well. So it's a very, I imagine it's a, a very different kind of feeling from a race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to play a clip in that. I had When I was running around with Matt, um, I talked to him about that bit of doing it and, and what it is. And I'll play that in now, I think, and then we'll see how that works out. Okay. There's a bit that we'd love to do around there's quite a lot of me that would love to do around. There's a bit of me that I think would hate it because only over 50 miles I kind of got start going. Yeah. And even in mentally, when I'm at 10 miles, knowing it's more. Yeah. But I, I want to do it for not for the badge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. That that doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. yeah. You don't do it for the medal. You do it for for the sake of doing it. Yeah. That's it. Satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to go around telling everyone I've done the Bob Graham. You know, no, if no. I do, then I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
If they ask, that's fine. But yeah. you don't get around telling people. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Apart from in the podcast afterwards, obviously, because I have to do that. But uh, other than that, yeah. I say to him, you know, you, you shouldn't do the bog grain for the badge or for the sake of doing it. No. You find very few people, when you ask what stuff they've done, very few people tell you they've done the Bob Graham. If you, if you ask them, they'll say they've done it. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's that bit. If, you, if you're going to do it so you can go and tell people you've done it, yeah, then you're doing no, it for the wrong no. reasons, probably. You know? And, yeah, and that's absolutely. exactly what you kind of just said. You're not doing it for the badge. No, no. Yeah, I mean, with the people who I wanted to share it with prior to doing it, I shared it with people i felt i needed to share it with but mm. i i on purpose tried to stay off the radar in any way shape or form prior to it you know you see a lot especially on social media these days you know there's a lot of kind of like you know people are going to do ucmb and there's a lot of posts about their build-up and the whole thing and i think like in a way you can inadvertently put a lot of pressure on yourself yeah and i wasn't doing it for any other reason apart from it was personal to me mm. and i didn't really want to share and scream and shout about it beforehand and to a certain extent after i think you're right like i don't really mention it you know it's not like i went into work two days after and was just like oh yeah i did the bob graham round because a no one no one understands what it is so it means nothing to other people outside this fell running community and b you'd be better off saying you did the london marathon like people would people would relate to that way more than they would relate to the bob graham even though they're two brilliant things, but one is way more relatable to the general population outside the fell running community. Yeah. Um, so it's this weird low profile thing, which has actually sort of affected and changed my mindset after doing the Bob Graham with how I want to sort of continue as a runner in terms of what types of things I want to do. Yeah. Like I'm going to be doing the TDS in Chamonix in August, but I'm sort of, I'm in an iron about whether or not I actually want to go and whether or not I actually want to do that sort of event now or do i want to do another round type event or you know a few other kind of solo things yeah it's weird how it changes yeah thing. do you think it's, it's in, i don't know if that makes any no, sense no, no, it, does. Does. it also sounds like yeah. the most important thing is the motivation for what you're doing next isn't it because yeah. the, the any any ultra stroke trail run normally is really hard you know especially ultra distances or anything like this and if if, if you've not stacked up the motivations correctly if you're not really in it if you're not yeah you know, then, then there's so many reasons to give up yeah so i think it's almost, it's almost like the most yeah. important thing is what what why are you doing it and you've got to be honest with yeah. yourself isn't it and i think you know feet in the clouds there's a honest moment and and you said about with a point of motivation when you talk to the bob graham round kind of committee and stuff like that and set a date mm-hmm. and things it's it, 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 that's so important isn't it you, you've got to get that balance right and i guess yeah you, you'd already people knew you were doing it but they were the only the people necessary um, yeah. to the completion yeah. of the rounds why did you need to say it any further you kind of built it up enough but not overcooking it kind of thing yeah but plus those people that weren't necessary for the completion of the round if you just set up and try and run up one hill and not make it um not that I'm going to <laughs> it's boring after a while isn't it all the digs you wouldn't believe what I have to put up with um so Brilliant. what next for you James um um well I, I'm taking this week to decide what I want to do whether or not I want to go to Chamonix and do the TDS because the TDS is a monster race especially this year they've changed the course and it's actually a lot harder than than it was in previous versions so but I'm just sort of not really feeling that type of race like doing the Bob Graham and the whole process of doing it and the sort of like how invested you need to be in it I think is different to rocking up in Chamonix and putting a bib on and yeah although these races are super hard like 
I don't know. I just don't really feel it that I want to go and do it. So I'm going to decide by the end of the week. Um, I might replace it with a traverse in the Brecon Beacons, which is kind of a similar. It's not a round, but it's it's a traverse along the whole park, which is you know a lesser route that people don't know about. But there's a there's a fastest known time on it and things like that. Not that I would get anywhere near that, but it's something that I've been wanting to do because it runs right by the house as well. Um, mm. So that's great. And little things like day runs, like the Welsh Three Thousands. I'm going to go and do that in July and see if I can get a good time on that. And then next year, maybe another round somewhere in Wales, yeah. Another <laughs> round somewhere in Wales. <laughs> yeah, that's a very small choice. Mm, yeah. The list of rounds in Wales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which one? Which one? Mm. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I haven't already got the map. <laughs> but I love it. I, I've sort of really embraced what you have to do to do these types of things. And I absolutely love the whole thing around it. So I think I'll definitely spend the next few years doing more of this yeah i'm i like i'll probably throw in a few fell races here and there local ones but i'm not sure like these big commercial runs are maybe necessarily for me at the moment yeah 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 cool mate thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us best of luck for the future and i guess all the people who listen to runners on trail will um want to congratulate you on a fantastic round Twenty one forty. One or 43? I think. 2143. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure those couple of minutes really make a difference. Um, and maybe they do to you. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, well under 24 hours. Well under 24 yeah. hours. And certainly under your 22-hour schedule. So that was yeah. Yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, and thanks for taking the time to come on the podcast. Yeah, no, and thank you guys for taking the time to come up to the lakes. And, and not you know, run one well. It was a pleasure. And, and, and I don't know if we're putting this in the podcast, but what was, you know, apart from meeting Jasmine in Paris, what was really weird, and I don't think we told you at the end, was um, John Kelly was walking up the high oh, yeah. street. Oh, so yeah. we, we talked to John Kelly for 20 minutes. Um, oh, really? And we told him that, that Jasmine Paris was just about to come up with her brother. And he was like, really? So he, he hanged around and we were, we were talking to him and then he went over and spoke, uh, spoke to Jasmine Paris. Yeah, so we, yeah, it was just like so surreal. We're there on the high street. You've just finished, and then there's Jasmine yeah. Paris and John Kelly, last completer of the Barclay Marathon. So me and Nancy looking yeah. at each other, going, "This is so weird." <laughs> so- I remember, I remember seeing him waddle up to the Moot Hall, but by that point, I was on my way to the car and I had a triple burger. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother talking to John Kelly. John Kelly, I just wanted my burger. burger. John Kelly, yeah, triple John burger. Kelly burger, definitely burger. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks, mate. That's all right. Thanks, guys. So don't forget, you can follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Runners on Trail. And you can email us at runnersontrail at gmail.com. That's right. And of course, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back soon. We're both running in the tsunami events down in Devon and Cornwall. Yeah. Dane's doing the 75 miler. Of course he is. And I'm going to do the marathon because, yeah, I'm not mad. And I'm very apprehensive it's a lot of climb 6,000 metres of climb I think yeah it said 5,000 on the website but I think it's 6,000 looking at it on um, Google Earth and stuff but uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting I've got my my legs are working again now anyway so I'm optimistic but it's going to be hard yeah so we'll be back with that in the next podcast Runners on trail.